this week's show, as it's confirmed that there will be no new league for the National League North and South teams, we hear from Dartford manager Steve King about his frustrations. When they went to the Alliance Committee, they then put that proposal to them, knowing full well it was going to come down. And they went, well, we know what the club's told our system then. So that's what they did. That's how they played it. They, they, we, you know, we put, we put forward what the clubs wanted us to do. No, we wanted guidance, we wanted help. And that, was, that wasn't forthcoming. Plus, we give our opinion, and there's lots, lots more on this week's Kent Lolly podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Lolly podcast, brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. Uh, we finally got the news we were waiting for late last week, as it was confirmed that the National League North and South season is null and void, and that plans for a tournament to determine promotion places are a non-starter. We'll discuss that and the, frankly, bonkers way it could have worked at length over the next hour or so I would imagine. Uh, before that I'm John Phipps who's proper giddy as for the first time since December the 21st I'm about to leave the confines of Eastbourne when we finish recording this uh, and on the line now is a man who I haven't seen in the flesh for 366 days since our last Radio Kent show. It's, it's Matt Gerrard. I mean it's not as if until the summer of 2018 we saw each other regularly but it's been odd to go from once a week to not seeing each other for a year hasn't it? So you haven't seen the spider tatter on my forehead then, have you? No. No, so yes, yes. Is, is, is that gone quick or sl- slow that year? What do you think? Probably it's a crazy time when everybody's going into lockdown this time last year, I suppose, isn't it? So, yeah, but... I think for me, the last couple of months have really dragged. I've found the last couple of months the kind of hardest... Um, the, the hardest period, really. I mean, since since Christmas, it's been a real slog because, you know, I haven't really been anywhere. I've not, there's been, Even when we were kind of locked down before, I was able to get out and go to football and bits and pieces. And, and I suppose this time last year, the weather was really nice, wasn't it? So that made it easier. And I had things to look forward to in the summer. And I guess almost the, the way that it was more short-termism where it's just a few weeks it's just a few weeks whereas now we've got it kind of set out but I know I've got another two months before the B&B's back open so I think it has gone both quickly and slowly but the last couple of months have, have really dragged by for me yeah it's quite interesting what you say on that the first time you're physically going anywhere from from that point of view yeah the last time I left Eastbourne I went to Dartford uh, against Harangay Borough in the FA Trophy uh, on Saturday, December the 21st. While I was there, uh, they announced that Kent was going to Tier 4. And that would and I, I believe I spoke to you on the way home from that game because you'd been to Woking. Woking, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I've not... Because obviously it's been... You know, you're not supposed to see other people. Um, you've not had, it, had the chance to, to go anywhere. So literally... The furthest I've been is Sainsbury's, which is about two and a bit miles away from my house. So uh, the car hasn't gone faster than 40 miles an hour. So it's going to be exciting. Have you managed to remember to, to fill the car with petrol? Yeah, I did that last week, actually. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so the car will be getting excited when it goes somewhere different. Yeah, its exhaust pipe is fully erect. So. <laughs> hey! We'll be saying that on a pod today. No, exactly. Do you know, funny enough, an hour ago, I stood in, I was stood in, and I thought, I wonder where the podcast is going to go this week. And no, I didn't expect uh, to utter those phrases. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, it should be nice to get out and uh, see some other people and just uh, yeah, live live the dream for a few hours. So that'll be. Uh, and of course, you want your Chelsea boys to win. They're winning, aren't they? Uh, they won the lap after the first leg, so uh, we shall see. They don't it... It's, it's going to be a dull game, isn't it? Uh, Chelsea have five consecutive clean sheets, but they've scored 13 in 12 since Thomas Tuchel took over. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be expecting a 5-4. Um, so... Simeone is the Chris Kinnear of... Oh, yeah, management, uh, I believe actually you talk about your spider tattoo, that Diego Simeone has actually got Chris Kinnear's name tattooed on his forearm. Uh, yeah, because that's what it is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, saying that people listen back and it turns into a five all classic. Exactly. They'll realise I don't know anything about football, but I don't expect it to. So uh, it'll be a cat and mouse affair, John. You need to use that in your report. Can you? Uh, I'll try. I'll, I'll get I will try. Keep an eye on, on my live text and I will try and get that phrase in uh, rather than for kickoff. Rather okay. than erect exhaust pipe. Yes, in, I won't get that in. I'll give you a fiver. <laughs> oh, a fiver? I'll oh, yeah, tell you what, that'll make up for me losing my job and the income that they pay me. Get a yeah, fiver yeah. off Matt Gerrard. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's 
It's our 163rd episode this week, and uh, seemingly from the barrage of Chinese characters that re uh, reached me when I searched it, 163.com is a large email provider over in the Far East. It's also not a good number for planes, uh, and it's the number of days after the first day of Passover before Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. I reckon a Wikipedia search for numbers could quite easily be better than a lot of homeschooling proved to be. I seem to learn stuff every single week that I never did when I was at school. Uh, how is life, Matt, as a former teacher? Um, yeah, it's, they're glad to be back at school, drop the kids off, they seem to be enjoying it. Um, again, Georgia did say she wanted to be home learned, but when I said to her, you said I was the worst teacher you've ever had, that, that maybe wouldn't be the wise decision, and then she agreed with me. So, yeah, I think the novelty of going back to school, which is day 10, is it, today, day 8? That's probably gone, realising that they're probably there for a while now. So, yeah, um, yeah apart from that, yeah, we've been, um, weather could improve, but apart from that, just... It's modelling on how to get to the end of the month, really. I um very quickly on the homeschooling thing. I was chatting to my my mum about it this morning, and and I know I would have been a horrible homeschooling pupil. And my first my, my thought about it was the reason I'd be so difficult is because I just genuinely could not be bothered, and I'd rather watch the telly than do anything because I was always like that with my schoolwork. And we only had like four channels then. Um, but I would rather just sit there and watch the telly. My mum tells a famous story of how she put Shirley Valentine on to encourage me to do my homework. So I watch Shirley Valentine <laughs> rather than do my homework. But the other thing my mum raised that um, the problem that I would have had would have been being cleverer than both of my parents. And that was her, her phrase, not mine. But I was a bit of a know-it-all when I was... Uh, younger well you're a grammar school boy mate so you probably did think you knew everything yeah yeah and, and I really didn't um during the course of my time at grammar school I very very quickly gave up on it uh it wasn't worth the hassle all right then on with the show and the end it seems of the saga about the National League South and North and the gang of clubs who wanted the season to continue in some way to give you a recap after a vote from all clubs in the National League the North and the South divisions were voted to be null and void with a number of clubs saying they simply could not afford to carry on without the grant funding and slash or supporters coming through the gates. That then led to a proposal from just under half the clubs who wanted to continue to merge the two divisions together and have a mini league to determine what we went last week would be two promotion places. Three Kent clubs, Dartford, Ebbsfleet and Welling were among those who wanted to play on. It emerged this weekend after the Alliance League Committee ratified the decision to end the season that the plans were, well, interesting with each team starting on their points per game multiplied by 15 and rounded up to the nearest number but no team was able to start on less than 20 points uh, that meant that leaders Dorking would have had a 12 point advantage over Welling who were bottom of the table at the start of the tournament goal difference would have been wiped out completely and every team would have played the others once I mean I really have got no idea why that plan was rejected as you're about to hear, it was just a starting suggestion and there is frustration that there's no debate to be had. The decision's just been made. Having told his column in the non-league paper that he felt the teams had been led a merry dance, I thought it was a good chance to catch up with Dartford manager Steve King. I started by asking him how frustrated he was that it hasn't come to pass. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Did you always think it was, it, it was going to happen? Um, I thought they wanted a sporting outcome, uh, but then when I realised what they were doing, how they were trying to get to that, I knew they didn't want it to happen. Do you think that the the, the system? I mean, there's some there's lots of things floating around, but the idea of, of certain teams starting on a certain number of points it was a bit of a, a a strange one. Did you think there might have been a different way of looking at it? Well, it had to be. It was never going to work. You can't give a team that's at the bottom of the league a chance to win the league and give them more points than they accumulated and then ask people to lose points what they've accumulated. There was a way of doing it. It wasn't that way, but we never ever got given any advice of how to try and get it through um, the Alliance Committee. It was just the, the, the clubs sort of come up with that 17 sort of clubs as an opening gambit and sort of said, OK, this is what we're thinking where's your guidance on what how can you help us well they didn't they didn't they just threw us in they just threw us just just threw it out to us and uh, and what they did when they went to the alliance committee they then put that proposal to them knowing full well it was going to go down and they went well we've done what the clubs told arcs us to do so that's what they did so they played it they, they we, you know we put we put forward what the clubs wanted us to no we wanted guidance we wanted help and that was not wasn't forthcoming. 
it's kind of been the theme over the past 12 months, really, isn't it? The, the lack of guidance and the lack of help from the top. Totally. When you remember last year, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for, you know, two or three different clubs, really putting their foot down and saying, wanting to go legal with it and all that, we wouldn't have even played the playoffs last year. Because MPs got involved and all that sort of stuff as well. We played the playoffs and they put a resolution out, um, and wanted it ratified by the FA, but that still hasn't been ratified, and that's five weeks ago, four weeks ago. So there was obviously some something in that resolution that was put out that wasn't quite right, um, why they would have ratified it. So we all kicked up a fuss. They, they went through a process, and it carried on for four weeks, and it and it made it look like, oh, they were really trying to get, get a solution for us. I was never getting that solution. There was just ticking the box, going through the motions, and... Um, the outcome was always going to be the outcome. The outcome was no relegation from the from the um, Premier Division, and no promotion from our division. You know, I wasn't. I, I, you know, for me, there should be promotion, and relegation in all divisions. That's that's including our division. But once the season was stopped by the leagues below our division, and that was it, then there was nowhere to relegate from our division. So I wasn't one of those that just says I'll relegate from the top and not our division. No. Teams should be relegated from both divisions. And that's that's part of a competition. But then it starts getting complicated. But I don't think they they done enough. To, nowhere near nowhere near enough to help us. Um. Obviously, this is the second season running that that has obviously something's happened. We obviously hope nothing like this is going to happen again. But do you hope that somewhere someone is thinking, well, let's put something in stone so that if we do start next season in August, we are prepared just in case. Well, that's what they were meant to do last year. They meant to have done that last year. They were going to have something put in the in in the in the rules that if this was to happen again, then we would be best place for it. Well, they won't. They did nothing about it again. There was nothing in there. <laughs> they just cracked away as if you know, and hence why we're in this position again. And obviously, the, the the sense is frustration. I guess your players are are, are pretty frustrated as well because uh, until this this time last week, they might have thought they were still going to have a competition to play in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, we, we, you know, we was one game away from being halfway through the season. Um, so from that point of view, yeah, we're, we're definitely frustrated, and you know, we had a we had a good start to the season, very very good start to the season, sitting there in second place. Um, you know, and and more to come from us, a lot more to come from us. Um, so yeah, from that point of view, yeah, very very frustrated. It's a year wasted. I was just going to say, is there a sense that it was a waste of time, the, the, the whole start of the season? Yeah, but that was all on a wing and a prayer as well. I mean, what? How can you? How can you? Um, how can you secure funding for eleven million pounds for three months and then not have something in place in writing to show that funding is going to continue three months later? Again, so they winged it and basically took the three months left it a grey area, hoped and prayed that we could have fans back, which was the intention in January. Obviously, second wave come, that was stopped, and they never had plan B. And then they put themselves in a position where those those uh, grants couldn't be grants anymore, so that's why everyone had to stop. Then offered us out loans um, to every club, realised them loans were breaking the rules and competition. And then when people applied for those loans, People were getting turned down left, right, and centre for those loans, especially in the south, north and south division. <laughs> so, it, I mean, it just—it does all just beg a belief. But I suppose just finding that now, you've got to start thinking about next season. I suppose. Yeah. Well, well yeah. I mean, that's in five months' time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we will do. Obviously, I've got to speak to players and you know, leasing players and signing new players, etc. But. It's disappointing, really, really disappointing what's gone on. I suppose all, all you can say is hopefully it'll be third time lucky, third time they get it right, and third time you and Dartford can, can finally go where you feel you belong. Well, we've got to work hard at that to get to that. Like I say, we, we've, we've come in, we've had a good, in the 18 months I've been there, we've done ever so well. You know, losing power from, from nowhere and second in the league at half a point. I think it's, a, it's been a very, very good 18 months. 
But, you know, <laughs> it's been taken out of our control, hasn't it? So we'll see what happens. You can hear the disappointment in his voice there, Matt. And of all our Kent clubs, I suppose the Darts probably have the most reason to be upset, especially after the way they played on last season, like you said there. Yeah, you could see the frustration in his voice. I don't think certain things he knew what to say within that. He's probably been going over it in his head for a while. So you've got to feel for Dartford and Steve King. Um, what they've gone through, they've gone into the promotion, they were a penalty kick away or whatever it was to play in the National League. But as he said there, there's two seasons now technically wasted or disappeared from that. But going back to the long convoluted thing you described before the interview... <laughs> how they ever thought it was going to get through is absolutely beyond me. But what I thought was interesting, Matt, was Steve King said, we didn't think that that proposal would work. That made no sense. Why should the team who was bottom of the league be in with a chance of winning it? But they thought, well, look, we can show them something that might work and hopefully they'll work with us. And they haven't done that. Well, that probably shows up more the National League in that method of doing it. Um Clearly, he's, they seem to think the National League did not want any relegation or promotion into the, the top flight. Is that what seems to be the consensus on that? But what I will say about, you know, criticising the National League, it's taken them, what, months to ratify null and void? And they've looked at his proposal, came out on the Thursday, and within 24 hours, they've rejected it. Or some committee has. So, clearly, that doesn't make sense to me. And I feel for the clubs in that way. So... What have they been doing all along on this? It just does make sense. So I think I think as well. You, you say you fear for the clubs, and, and you know we've spoken a lot about some of the clubs and and how some of these clubs have not covered themselves in any form of glory um, over the past few months. But I think what is interesting is is obviously some work has gone into this proposal. Um, and they, they've come up with something and they wanted to go to the league for guidance. That's what Steve King has said there, and they were basically told, well. well clearly how quickly this league could start but as we said all along surely every, if they had any chance everybody had to start with zero points surely and forget about that if they're going to get the league in to front of other, giving Welling 20 points was just ridiculous and the other point I don't know if you listen to the guy from Gloucester who seems to be away with the fairies and um, about the thing that all the part, full-time sides would play the part-time sides because they had more to go. Basically, York and Fylde would have played all their away games. Wow, I didn't hear that. That is that. Because they basically they said, "Oh, because of, because of York going to Eastbourne, we'd make sure that they would play because their the travelling would be less. Well, travelling for full-time so from there would be there. So a lot of games because there's a lot of northern clubs in it." they will be playing a lot of their games away from home. So, again, I'm criticism, criticism of who thought this would get through and criticism from the National League for not talking to them about it because they've been an absolute shambles. And, you know, you'd have thought, we'll give them a few days to say no, but within less than 24 hours, that must have been a real kick in the teeth. Yeah, call, call in- no. Sorry, dog's just biting something. Come here. <laughs> You can edit that out. But no, but you, you can see where it would be. Um, when, when I read that thing, did it make your head hurt? It made my head hurt. It just, it, honestly, I, I said to a uh, listener of the show, Daniel Story, I talked to you on Facebook now, and when I saw the f- points per game times 15, but everyone starts on 20, it just finished me off. I mean, I, I've, I've made my views on it pretty clear. I think it's a, a non-starter, and I think... Some teams at the top of the league have made themselves look very daft by the insistence that they're doing it for the greater good for everybody when they're really not. They're doing it for themselves and themselves only. And I'm quite glad, really, that our Kent teams are not the ones who are shouting the loudest. And I thought Steve King spoke really well there, actually, because you can tell it's difficult. You can tell that it's, he's ticking a little bit, but he, he bit his tongue. But he still gave some 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 very good points there as well. But you know, it, I just thought it was insane. And, and looking at the, the standings in front of me, I mean, I've got someone who made a list of all 43 teams. 
and where they stood halfway through the season allegedly and the gap between top and bottom is 13 points Dartford who've had a really good season if that if that had continued and all the teams above them would have been seventh you know it's just it's just nonsense and, and I the, the gap between Dartford and Welling was almost as big as the gap between Dartford and Dorking I mean that is just absolutely insane seven points between Dartford and Welling six points between Dartford and Dorking how 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 did anyone think this would work it, somebody said to me why didn't they if they were going to have a chance why if, they, if the league was you know we're, we're looking to take somebody on why didn't they say right you could set up a four group if there were 16 teams we're going on the basis four groups of four then you have from that if they wanted to go through you I think you had to abandon all of the previous results there's no other way was there you you could not start from another way from there. No, I guess the fairest ways of doing it, but but then on okay. the flip side of that, what Steve King said there was was also Welling shouldn't have been able to win the league. They were bottom of the league. He didn't mention Welling specifically, but he said, "How can you have a situation where you're going to start a new competition? The team who's bottom of the league are in with a shout of winning it." But then on the flip side of that, how would you get teams who didn't have a chance of being promoted to be in the competition without giving them a chance of winning up? I genuinely well, don't know. Well, what I did say about Steve King, he's probably the first one who's come out and said, "Well, I expected relegation from this division as well." Mm. which I, I think is spot on. If they were going to do it from the top, I think he's right. The teams near the bottom would be relegated as well. So mm. I think if you had any, you I think you had to sort of have an overall approach. You know, it's, Dorkin and Gloucester are the big ones shouting about this. Yeah. And, and I know clubs got their own interests and I can really see that, but they were clearly only interested in themselves, Dorkin particularly, because they were top of the league. Um. There was. It's all self-interested in, in this point of view, and I, I can understand why. But that, that is a good point, actually, that you've made. There. They should have said to these teams, right? Okay, if you're up for this, then there will be there's risk and reward because yeah. we'll relegate someone, but we'll promote someone, and then see what cha- what changed in the landscape of that, and and see if everybody, if some teams near the bottom thought, oh, well, otherwise that national lottery money's been wasted. Okay. I, I'm I'm all for Matt, a four-team league, Ebbsfleet, Dorking, Dover, and, um, and Gloucester, and the top two promoted, the top, the bottom two relegated. As long as the top two are Dartford and Ebbsfleet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, yeah, it's, had, again, they had a long while to work this out. I don't know who's come up with it, but it's just nonsensical. But from what I gathered a few weeks ago from speaking to various people off the record. They knew even if they come up with the best plan, it would never be ratified because even if the National League would have accepted it or thought they thought it was a good idea, the Football League or Football FA would have turned it down because it's the the issues that come could come from this of stopping halfway through and doing a renew league on that basis. So I presume it's dead and dusted. I know Dorking and a you know it's a long, long statement that they did. They thought about maybe going to the league is um, appealing, but I think it's done and dusted. I fully expect Dorking to probably be walk the league next season because they're going to feel the unjustified thing. I expect they'll spend a lot of money and expect probably within a couple of years, they will be a National League side. So they just yeah, Oh, yes, save the pennies now and, and chuck them forward and, and just spend them on next season. Yeah, well... Um, I mean that they've said they have got a statement out here, and they and they do say in this statement we will in due course release the, release the league representations to all press outlets. In addition, we're meeting with other clubs with regards to taking the matter to FA uh, Rule K arbitration. Uh, so clubs very much wanted to avoid any kind of legal process, given both the mental and financial stress this brings all parties. Uh, but the ridiculous decision to place and contrived knee-jerk vote in front of clubs sought only to divide the football community as has been apparent to all it's important for clubs to understand that the incompetent leadership of the national league has in one way or another caused all clubs to be placed in stressful and difficult circumstances and we now as a club call for all national league member clubs and their supporters to come together to recognize this factor and you know we've said our bits and pieces and we've said some clubs have not covered themselves in glory but i asked you a question steve king we don't know for definite that this is the end of it. Something needs to be in place for next season. And, and his response was simply, 
well, it should have been in place for this season. We thought it was going to be. So whatever happens here, and I appreciate, I sympathise with people who haven't got the, the decision that they wanted, but the National League board have got blood on their hands and something has got to be done for, for this to be sorted. Because the problem is, is it's all well and good Dawkins saying, yeah, every, that their incompetent leadership has caused this problem. But what's the solution? Who's who's holding them to account? No one, really. Yeah, I, I think... I think getting something in place, you know, there's no, we don't know what position we'll be here in nine months' time, whatever, at Christmas to see what the situation is. So they need to put something in this. I presume the, the, the National League board, well, the next big decision they've got to make is the, is the Dover one. I'm led to believe that there will be a hearing, that could be this week, of what they're going to do with Dover. So I, I did speak, to, well, I texted Jim Parmenter and he said he cannot comment anything about this at the current moment in time. But I'm led to believe something will be happening shortly of what they're going to do with Dover. A, because a lot of clubs are trying to work out where they stand on all this because of points. Well, this is the thing, funny enough, the next line on the script is actually about this because while while they've been so decisive now about the North and South, we're still waiting for Dover. And I searched, I just put it into Google earlier, and loads of clubs, your Notts Counties, your Hartlepools, they're all saying, we need to know what's going on with this. You know, we need to be made aware of, of what the situation is here. It, there's, there's no way Dover are playing again. So it's about time the, the National League took a stance. Yeah, they need to... Somebody said, I read somewhere, that it wasn't actually... It's, it's a... It's a then the National League won't make the decision. It'll go to an independent board of what they think the decision should be. So um, so we know Dover, you know, I'm convinced Dover, well, I know Dover aren't going to play the rest of the season. So that, that's gone and busted. So they can make a decision of working out. Either they chuck Dover out, but more importantly, for the integrity of the competition, magic words, integrity, is what they're going to do with Dover results. Do they expunge Dover's results? Or probably... Say, right, anybody who's got left to play to Dover, they win 3-0. But I don't know if somebody will kick off about that. Someone, well, someone will, because obviously Notts County lost to Dover. Uh, Hartlepool and Sutton haven't played Dover. So you're effectively giving Hartlepool and Sutton at the top of the league six points for, for nothing. Right, I yeah. think they've got to expunge Dover's results from, from the season. I mean, it's not as if they're taking too many points off too many people, is it? Um, and, and I think... I think they've got to look at it and say, right, you've got you've got to take, you've got to just expunge the results because, yes, Dover may have been getting better. Yes, we don't, but we can't assume for a second that Dover would have lost every game three 0 So as far as I'm concerned, uh, expunging the results is the only way to go. And it'll be if they expunge the results, I don't expect them to make a decision about Dover next season, probably to the AGM there. So. It's going to be a bit of a limbo for Dover, but I think they've got to say, yeah, bang. Yeah. Well, as a, uh, according to Oliver Ash, feral Dover fan, um, I am wondering, Matt, do you think that you would rather have the decision sooner rather than later? Because obviously at some point you've got to start planning for next season. As Andy Hessenthaler said when we had him on a few weeks ago, he's out of contract, his whole playing staff's out of contract. You've got to start making plans for next season. And I suppose it's a double-edged sword because one you want to be making the plans for next season because you want to know where you, where you're, what division you're going to be in. But if I was a team going to be in whatever division Dover end up and Dover have had four months to, to head start or three months head start to, to start picking out the players, then I think that puts Dover, gives Dover actually an advantage. If they said, if they came out today and said, right, we've decided that because of Dover's uh, refusal to fill these fixtures, we are going to relegate Dover to the and this, I don't think this will happen we're going to relegate Dover to the sorry I'm going to take that bit back if they come out tomorrow and said we've made the decision we're going to relegate Dover to National League South then as of now Dover can start planning for their National League South season for next year and they can go and start picking up their players and so, while the other clubs they are in the same situation now that they know anything, it will just be an extra thing in the pond. Whereas if they leave Dover, then come April, May, and then they say, well, actually, we're going to relegate Dover, then Dover would be in a situation where they're trying to get what's left of the National League South players. So it could be a double-edged sword for them, couldn't it? Yeah. The consensus again, I've said my say, what do you, you know, I'm going to say to you, you're there, what do you think they'll do with Dover? They said in that statement, 
there'll be no relegation from North and South. If you were in charge, do you think Davis should be relegated? No. Ooh. And your reason behind that? Because because it's not Dover's fault that they have been put into this financial situation. Dover have been honest all the way through. Uh, Jim Parmenter has said, we are not going to play these games. We can't afford to do it. I am not putting this club at risk. And I don't think Dover should be penalised for wanting to keep their give their club a future. Uh, I think other teams have... have made other decisions um, and they may not have sided with Dover as Dover perhaps would have thought they would have done. I'm thinking of you, Kingsley. But I don't think that we can blame Dover for acting in in the future of their club. This is a unique situation. And if the National League wanted to make make an example of them, then the National League should have put something in the regulations at the start of the season to say, if one of our clubs decides they don't want to play, we will definitely relegate them. And, Yes, we've already got an, a, an odd number of teams in the National League, and that and so it might make sense from from a logistical sense. It makes it makes sense to put Dover in the South because then you'd have an even number of teams in both divisions, as opposed to the odd number of teams that we've had this year. But I just think you can't just relegate a team on the strength of fifteen games. And, and I stand by what I what what I've said about the restructuring or further down. Mess about with two season points per game to get teams promoted, but don't relegate them on that because you can't say that Dover would definitely have been relegated. And just because they haven't fulfilled the fixtures, they've given ample warning of this. They've given ample reason. And I personally, if I was in charge, I would not relegate them. What about you, Matt? If If you could take your feral Dover ways off, would you relegate them? Well, you look at it, you know, when, you, when they've relegated sides in various AGMs as well, like Gates said we relegated a couple of seasons ago because they weren't paying the players. Dover could have carried on, will not paid the players, went bankrupt, and arguably they would have been chucked out for doing that. And Dover have done the opposite of what Gates and the teams were doing, and they could be relegated. So I can see where certain clubs are, are standing from. Um, I, I think a couple of clubs have come out in support of Dover the Weymouths, the Kings, Lins, etc., like that. Maybe one of the reasons why they're carrying on not making a decision about Dover because they're panicking what other teams will do. You know, Kings, Lynn and the Wildstones and the Weymouths, if they say Dover is staying up, will they then pull the plug themselves? If as long as it goes on, they think, oh, we've got at least 22 teams playing anyway. So that mm-hmm. could be one of the reasons. But the way they made a decision about not the promotion, they need to make a decision on this and fast. I think more on what they're doing with the points and then maybe say, well, we'll make a decision in by the beginning of May what we're going to do with Dover. But, yeah, it's it's very messy. And Personally, I think I am resigned a little bit to Conference South or they find Dover 12 points or 29 points. That's the other thing. They could find Dover 29 points but not playing 29 games, right? Point Mm. per game. Would Dover then, I will just take relegation anyway? Because what's the point of starting next season at minus 29? Because you'll be relegated anyway. That's true. It's it's an interesting conundrum and, and, I don't, and, and there's no easy answer. Next season, there could only be two down from the National League, wouldn't there? How many would be down? Or was it three? Three. three. The numbers up again, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's... it's Again, self-interest will come in from a lot of clubs on this. Um, but you're, probably your point about my thinking they give 3-0 to everybody is probably, yeah, the wrong thing. They've probably got to expand your results. Yeah, if they've got out of business, yeah. you'd have expunged the results. So you probably follow that. We've got, ooh, is it Weymouth a few years kicked out Rushton or somebody? Yeah. They must have expunged their results. So, yeah, yeah. You're, you're probably right. Everybody would, Notts County and will be happy. Other teams less so. But again, Dover haven't played Sutton or Hartlepool who were the top two. So on that basis. So, we just need it. We need it. I think Dover would need the decision to see what they're doing and the rest of the league does. So now the National League, you've made that decision on the on the league restructure of a conference north and south. Let's make a decision now on the on the um on the division itself to, to make it a little bit more, but that could cause more issues if then the likes of Kings Lynn pull out. But I do think Dover have been left high and dry by certain clubs who said they'd stand with them and then run the other way. Mm-hmm. 
Meanwhile, the rest of the National League just keeps rolling on with one club, even splashing out a reportedly obscene amount of money on a transfer fee. And you know what? I'm guessing the wages for a 30-year-old with 43 goals in League One in the past three seasons probably aren't cheap either. And that just kind of shows what Dover are up against. And, and if anything, that adds weight to the argument that they shouldn't be relegated for trying to keep, keep alive when they're up against teams throwing money about like that when they're playing behind closed doors. It's insane. Well, they could have lent over that 250,000, then realised they kicked the three points they've got and have a good chance of getting another three points. So, mm. <laughs> on that basis, so, yeah, I, I think Jim Parmenter, when he mentioned before that there's the haves and the have-nots in the National League, clearly Stockport. I'm sure Stockport, have, did they have st- financial problems before, which saw them go from the Championship all the way to the conference <laughs> floor? Yeah. So, spending £250,000, uh, um, who's that big striker they used to have? Kevin, somebody. Kevin Francis, six Kevin foot Francis. seven. There's no Kevin Francis, is he, Paddy, Paddy Madden? So, yeah, so it's a lot of money, but if that's what it takes to get you out of this league, that takes you to get out of this league. But it clearly shows, unless you have got a sugar daddy, or maybe, maybe Sutton is showing the other side of it, you know, it's a tough division to get out of. When fair play to Sutton, because they said they would rip up their pitch, which completely changes their business model. Hmm. Which could say for, you know, we've had the 3G argument on here numerous times on the pod. Does this put the 3G model in, in some sort of doubt if teams are constantly ripping the pitch up and do it? Or does it add factions to them? You've had Harrogate who've got promoted and Sutton who would want to carry on. So it's an interesting one there. But Sutton, their business model has been and they've been really good on the 3G. It really is interesting. They would, they would rather, I suppose, league football maybe is more financially viable than a 3G pitch looking at that. Well, exactly. That is a, a very, very interesting uh, interesting thing from, from Sutton. And what I'd say, it would be absolutely hilarious that all those big teams up there and little old Sutton. <laughs> yeah. I do, I, I, I do wonder as well, obviously we know these these pitches have like a, an age, don't they? Where they have to be replaced every few yeah. years anyway. I wonder I wonder if Sutton's is near when it might need replacing anyway, but that's not oh, for us point. to speculate. Think of that. Probably if I get it, four or five years? Yeah, could well be, yeah. No <laughs> well. Um, Bromley were held to a 2-2 draw by Barnet on Saturday, having had Joe Kizzy sent off 12 minutes in. And they hit back with a 2-1 win at Yeovil on Tuesday night, a 94th minute own goal from Reuben Reed, giving Neil Smith's men the spoils. A two home games for them this week, which is probably not ideal. Solid hole on Saturday. And then the leaders, Sutton United, on Tuesday. Uh, Bromley, they're all thereabouts, Matt, but I just think they, they're, st- they're just not, they're lacking something, aren't they? Yeah, I think um, that's a good result. I fell asleep last night, so I didn't realise the scores until I went, woke up this morning. Own goal in the last minute. Great result for them. Yeah, it's got to be a bit more consistent, aren't they? They win one, lose one, draw one. But they're still quite, that league's quite tight, so and you do feel that they would be backed if they get close into this as well, um, Neil Smith. So, got to show a little bit more consistency if they want to get into those playoffs. Now, you've won at Yeovil. Now, you want to follow that up with they got this weekend with another three points. And if they can win two, three, four on the bounce, that will push them up there. Because we know that that squad is a decent squad with quality players. And with Cheek, you've always got a chance because he'll always score. Yeah, uh, just eight, eighth place uh, for Bromley, just a point outside the playoffs, but Notts County uh, above them do have two games in hand, and obviously Notts County uh, will probably be- will stand to benefit should Dover's results be expanded. Yeah, probably would lose three, yeah. Yeah, um, Wrexham are, are fourth. They are six points in front of Bromley, but Bromley do have two games in hand on them, so definitely far from over uh, in this battle for the well, playoff places right. for Bromley. Uh, Solly Moors on Saturday, and then Sutton United on Tuesday. So that's a big game against Sutton, who are banging form at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, and and running away with it. Yeah, I've, when I looked at it, you think there's the throw away here. Really, you look at it, they've got and they've got no real superstars. Solid side shows what I know in a, in a prediction league. I put in there. I put Dover bottom. I put Sutton second bottom. That really shows what I know about football. Yeah, and fair play to Sutton because of their 56 points. None of them have come against the whipping boys Dover. So, you know, <laughs> well played uh, to them. Uh, in the Eastman League, bit of news floating around. There's a change of chairman at Hivetown where Mark Jenner, after five years as a director at Reachfield, has stepped up to replace Paul Markland, who has stood down as chairman, but remains honorary president. The new chairman has been a folks in an Ashford in the past and is hoping for a strong start when the season kicks off in August. We did try and source an interview on that this week, but uh, no joy as yet. So hopefully we'll bring you something uh, next week on. Hive Town. 
Uh, also in the Premier League, Folkestone have announced that lifelong supporter Harry Lester will be honoured by having the scoreboard named in his honour. Harry passed away last month um, and one of his many past roles at the club was to wind back the hand on the old clock so it could restart for the second half. So folks have decided that it would be a brilliant tribute to have the Harry Lester scoreboard uh, into <laughs> put into the uh, put put into the the stadium at, at Cheriton Road. Uh, they're trying to get some uh, f- funding so you, you can donate via the Folks and Victor website. But what a great tribute, Matt! And, and I hope when your time comes, that the press box at Crabble becomes the Matthew Gerrard press box. I wouldn't. Well, hopefully a long way to come. I don't expect that. But well, yeah, what a great job that. Actually, no, just chewing on stuff. Sorry again, John. But the, um, we, uh, yeah, what a great job that must have been. Everybody must have loved that after when he put his big stick up and wound it around. That's what non-league's all about. And folks are doing a lot of work on the ground as well. So when hopefully we get to folks in the Victor Chatham Road next season, we'll see a bigger, a lot of changes because uh, folks are, um, they're not standing on their laurels in uh, lockdown here. I think they're really working on bits and pieces on the ground. So I look forward to visiting the ground in the, in the new season. Yes, absolutely. And I think we none of us can wait to get back to football. But I think, yeah, it's certainly uh, folks and uh, always a, a good place to visit. And and uh, that'll be one of your first assignments, Matt, when football's back to go yeah. and, uh, to go down there and, and see what's going on. Into the scaffold, uh, where they're still working on plans uh, for the, uh, the so say, mini league that may or may not happen. Uh, the board of directors met on Thursday last week to discuss the supplementary cup competition planned for April and May. Um, spectators would not be allowed according to the current guidance uh, until May the 12th, uh, 17th I think it would be so it was agreed to delay a decision on whether this competition would take place or not until the directors meet again next week uh, hopefully by this time there may be a change in guidance for non-league football so we're keeping our options open uh, the rationale is so the clubs have a decision for them by March the 29th which will be the first time they can train together again uh, and the statement continues there'll be no point gathering teams together then cancel the planned competition a week or so later so obviously any fur- any setbacks although obviously any fur- setbacks on the roadmap could see the competition halted further down the line uh, they said in the meantime the league is working through the planned rules and setup of the competition so they are ready to go should the guidance changed uh, it was agreed that it would be a regionised competition on a group basis the semi-finals and a final to follow and it would be completed on all before May the 22nd but um, I just get the feeling Matt that that's going to end up being a non-starter yeah if you can't get people in what's you know the cost of doing things like that you're not going to make anything in the bar or anything it could be um, could be a non-go fair play to them that trying to do it Scaffold as we said before great well you know very proactive division and very proactive leadership so yeah maybe you just have to you know let it go enjoy the summer and then um, go again in probably when you can get back training. Be interested if some of these clubs go back really early June, get some games going, get some fitness going. At least you'll be able to get some people through the gates. Then it'll be well, someone said to me that uh, I did discuss this with someone uh, a, a week or two ago, and they said that they quite like the idea of, of getting friendlies played in June while Euro 2021 is is going on. And then that, get your people in watching the games there in the bars, watching your game, watching the international games. Yeah great money spinner for these clubs so I wouldn't be at all surprised to see some pre-season friendlies mid-June as, as teams just want to get going yeah I think that's probably a wise decision I think clubs will be looking at this again the proactive clubs let's say we can get our you know even if you're just watching the meet the players or something like that get them there get you know a bit of a bit of get that link back with the supporters and watch the games from there yeah I think uh, hopefully that will work well from there uh, the FA Vars will continue uh, behind closed doors obviously and the, the game between Deal and Binfield is now penciled in for Saturday the 10th of April uh, with the winners go due to travel to uh, Fakenham Town uh, the following week on the 17th of April. Interesting news as well, I think Stowmarket Town who are through uh, have pulled out of the competition because they have decided that it's not for them in the current climate. Uh, and then, it, I mean, it could be if Deal win, they could actually be playing consecutive Saturdays all the way through because the, the rounds dates are 10th of April, 17th of April, 24th of April, 1st of May, 8th of May, and then the final will be on the 22nd. So uh, it could be a, a bit of a slog for Steve King's men, but hopefully you just never know. It, it could just play into their hands and 21 years after becoming the last Kent club to win it, who's to say they can't do it again? Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, hopefully I can, um, well, hopefully, well, one of it, well, hopefully I can try and get to that game, John, as well on the 10th. That'd uh, be good. Yeah. We could be good to see, catch up with Kingy. Um, it'll be interesting to see football back as well. You know, I think the last game they played, October the 31st. So how many months would that be? 
Crazy uh, amount. Of five. Months, I think. Yeah, five, five six months. months. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, fingers crossed. You know, I think we're going in the right direction, seem to be. So, um, I definitely think that game will be on. Yeah, more news from the scaffold is that uh, they've announced they'll be working more closely with the feeder league, uh, the Kent County Football League. Statement said, representatives of the SCEFL and the KCFL met remotely at the weekend. We're pleased to announce that a working partnership has been finalised that will strengthen the pathway for all clubs within Kent and the South East. This ongoing working partnership will help ensure that all clubs can reach their full potential within the non-league pyramid system moving forward. The two leagues look forward to working in partnership with further dialogue that will only improve opportunities for all the member clubs in both leagues. And we spoke to Gavin Hall from the KCFL a few weeks ago now, Matt, and he was very ambitious. And, and this sounds like it's, it's it's really good and everyone's pulling in the right direction there. And we need it after the uh, the, the the last few weeks. Yeah, I think um, a lot of these leagues will probably work together. Yeah, let's get through. We want, They want the transaction, if that's the correct phrase, between these clubs as well to get through on there. Let's get, you know, let's have a linkage stream. We'll have clubs moving forward. So, yeah, I think in some ways, you know, the pandemic would have made these leagues stronger and hopefully they can get the linkage between the, the other feeder leagues as well, even even tighter. Uh, Sheppard United have announced they will be putting a 3G surface down at Home Park in time for the new season. And Kennington have also got more fundraising efforts to tell us about. This time manager Dan Scorer is going to run five 5Ks a week for five weeks uh, as he hopes to raise money to buy lots of England shirts for kids in the area in time for the Euros. Uh, details of that one on the Kennington website. Uh, good effort that 25k a week for five weeks solid uh, and a, a really good cause because we see a lot of a, a lot of charity things but I think to actually see someone who's saying you know this is a football thing I'm doing it for football and I want to bring football to people it's really good he's, he's a PE teacher uh, and he said he, he sees kids from all sorts of backgrounds and for some of them having an England shirt isn't an option and he'd love to be able to help them out isn't that just lovely I think that's a brilliant way of doing it hopefully the country's going to come together in June with the Euros being on and seeing that and getting people involved in football. And hopefully it could work. You know, those people who, you know, might not be able to afford to go to uh, watch a, a football league or a Premier League game, they can say, oh, I enjoy watching the telly. Let's go to my local club and follow it from there. So I think it's a win-win, fantastic um, campaign he's doing and hopefully a win-win for our clubs as well. Absolutely. That's pretty much it then for the uh, for the football stuff. Obviously, it's uh, St. Patrick's Day today, Matt. So do you have any plans? No, I didn't. I had to speak to somebody at work yesterday who worked in Ireland. I didn't actually know they get that as a national holiday. Did you know that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because um, people like to moan, don't they? Oh, the Scottish have bank holiday for St Andrew's Day. The Irish have one for Paddy's Day. The Welsh, why don't? Why isn't St George's Day a bank holiday? People like to moan about that. Oh, right. um, I, I, Are you I, moan about that? No. I, well, I mean, any day to have off was always a, a bonus when I worked. Yeah, full yeah. time but nowadays it doesn't make any difference but yeah, um, St Patrick's Day has always been a day that has really irritated me because everyone pretends that they're Irish pretends they like Guinness uh, and I think it was summed up by someone who said that St Patrick's Day is behind only New Year's Eve uh, in the list of days for proper drinkers to avoid the pub and I completely agree with that one. Do you like a Guinness do you? Not really no. I oh, know no I've no, never been a real big fan of it. I don't, I don't like coffee, so anything, anything like, like, because I, I like, obviously I like my craft beer and stuff, and there's so many like stouts out there, and they've just got a coffee flavour, and I just can't get on board with it. Um, Guinness, I, I've not tried it for a long time, but it, it's, I, I just don't think it's me, um, you know, and uh, yeah, and it does just do my head in when everyone's walking around, oh yeah, we've got to go out for Paddy's Day and have a Guinness. Why? You ain't Irish. Grow up. Again, uh, it's, Campaign to make money, John. So you'd, I'm sure you've got in the back of your cupboard one of those massive Guinness hats, haven't you, that are given away when you buy three Guinness in one thing? No. no. I remember a load of my mates had them at uni. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, we've got to go for Paddy's Day. And I was like, why? Well, it's, it's Chelsea Athletic Madrid Day today. It's a big day for you, mate. You're actually getting out, going out. I know, yeah. It feels, it feels like I'm on day release, to be honest. I'm going to be really excited. Have uh, you had a shave? Done your hair? Well, my, my hair's beyond beyond a joke now anyway. So I had a shave a couple of weeks ago, so I'm all right on that front. Um, but yeah, I was just going to go and sit there and quietly and, and just get on with my work. Uh, I've got to get cut. Yeah. yeah, you have to keep an eye on that one. But no, it's just, it'll be not, it will be nice to get out and, and see some football because the last time I was at a match was that Dartford game on the 21st of December. So it's been three months since I've been at a match uh, in person and just... You know, seeing somewhere different, even though it's just motorway all the way up to London, it's just going to be nice to to be out and about and seeing 
different things. So yeah, looking forward to it. Actually, it should be uh, should be nice. And then back to it tomorrow night as well with the uh, with the beloved Europa League as well. So it's uh, it's all busy, busy, busy. What about you, Matt? You got you got any plans? You going? Have you been to sit on a bench with anyone since? Uh... Uh, no, um, trying to, I've been trying to get out early, get the dog out early. It's not too keen. Um, oh going out at six o'clock in the morning. So we're trying to do that, but we're trying to train her up. But she's doing all right. But no, we're just waiting. Till the end of the month, really, get to Easter, then we can go and see some family and bits and people. The kids can see my mum, so that would be a good thing. Yeah, but yeah, we're just plodding on, John. We're slowly getting through it. We're halfway through March, and I'm I'm, I'm pretty confident we're famous last words. If you play this in December, we're in lockdown four. <laughs> but I think we're in the going in the right direction, which is the main thing. And you know, football's stopping, but you know, I just feel that we're we're definitely heading in a better place. Let's hope you're right because I can't go through this again. I can't. I can't dream another year without seeing you, Matt. Uh, well, yeah, we'll have to. Well, some part of you wants David Demoti, don't you? So, I, well, I, yeah. I can come down when they play your boys Eastbourne. Yeah, you have to. You have to stay over, mate. We'll have a night out on the tiles. <laughs> well, yes, that's boy, boys on tour. Wow, yeah. Yeah. I could I, when we used to, we went to cricket tour on to Eastbourne a few times and. Um, I can't say what went on on this pod, but um, it was a good night out in Eastbourne. Not That's just good. for me, but for everybody. Sort of thing. Good. I'll leave it at that. Well, yes. Well, bring on Eastbourne 21 for the, <laughs> uh, the Kent Only podcast uh, reunion. But when they arrange it for February in... Uh, Tuesday night in February. Or Tuesday night in February, you think, oh, goodness me, so... <laughs> There you go. Oh, living the dream. Anyway, you can find us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Kent NL Podcast. Find us on Facebook as well. Search for Kent Only Podcast. I'm at John Phipps81 on Twitter. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, thanks very much to Steve King uh, for his time today and speaking so openly about the frustrations that have ended Dartford's season. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the show. I think it was probably better than last week's effort. But uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're muddling through. And uh, we will be with you next week to see if there have been any more developments on anything uh, on the Kent Only podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm just going to uh, email or DM Rachel Riley and ask her if she can work out what the hell they were thinking with those mass calculations. <laughs>